Justine, happy Friday. Uh, any happy plans for the Friday, Yeah, any plans for the weekend? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I'm going to go see where my meat comes from. Uh, there's a local ranch here that oh. I get, get beef from. So I'm going to go uh, meet a few of them and, and get a tour. And then um, there's a local uh, zoofari that has llamas and bison that you feed. Okay. And so <laughs> it's an animal-filled weekend. How about you? Um, well, uh, it is a jam-packed weekend. Uh, we did the zoo last weekend, but it's my daughter's birthday weekend. So we are going to uh, do a number of activities centered around the movie Frozen. So that is Saturday and Sunday. Very exciting. Yes. Yes. Very. All right. Well, I hope everyone listening in and then anytime I, if somebody has a question, I bring them up. I'll just mention that we are recording uh, this uh, clubhouse room. Um, this is our first experiment at a post-show recap, um, making fun of ourselves for all the things we missed, messed up saying, or outright got wrong. Um, no, I'm just joking, but <laughs> it's, say, let's, let's only do half of that. Oh, half of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, no, well, uh, my name is Rod. Uh, if the folks that don't know me in the audience, uh, I go by the handle BitKite on Twitter. Um, I'm also the, uh, podcaster, I guess, uh, behind Builders in Bitcoin. Uh, it's a podcast about the people who bring Bitcoin to life. Uh, Justine was kind enough to be my fourth guest on the podcast, and we covered a lot in uh, about 60 minutes. Um, and of course, uh, now I've done five of these podcasts. Every time I hit the stop record button, it's like, great show. There are two things. One, great show. Thank you. And then two, oh, I wish I asked you this. Oh, I wish we covered that. Um, and that's what this show aims to uh, solve for. So, uh, Justine, thank you on a Friday to spend, let's say, uh, another 60 minutes together. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun the first time. And yes, it, it was comical how quickly it goes by. And then you're like, we didn't even touch on this. We were supposed to talk about that. So, yeah, um, this is fun. And I know you're you're experimenting with Clubhouse. So I think this is another just another platform, you know, that you can reach individuals. And uh, it's got its own quirks over here, too. Totally. It, it, it is very weird. As I was joking with Tom, not seeing somebody and just talking into the abyss. Um, I don't know if it's therapeutic or uh, psychopathic. Um, it's sort of just talking into a mic and then uh, yeah. hoping someone's going to respond. It's both. Um, I, I spent a decent amount of time over on Clubhouse here, maybe a year and a half ago when it when the Bitcoin space um, over here was kind of really taking off. And it is a really fun platform. It is interesting, though, that you have to get used to sort of never seeing someone that you're speaking mm -hmm. with, which is, I guess, spaces is kind of the same thing as well. Uh, but it took me a while to get used to. You always feel like you there's awkward silences that it just wouldn't happen if you were sitting in front of one another. Totally. And yeah, and so for the folks that are listening in, uh, Justine was here in Nashville, I want to say a couple weeks ago, where we recorded an in-person podcast here at Bitcoin Park in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, yeah, and so we're back in our respective areas and what we wanted to cover. Well, let me do this actually first, um, and I'll not to put you on the spot, Justine, but uh, we covered a lot in the uh, podcast, Bitcoin is hard, Bitcoin is easy. Um, maybe if you want to just give a little background on yourself and what the high level topics we covered in that podcast, and then I can jump into a couple of things. 
Absolutely. Um, so yeah, my name is Justine. I work for Unchained Capital. Uh, I started in the Bitcoin space, or I got into Bitcoin uh, 2017. Started working in the space almost two years ago. And um, Unchained Capital is a company that I really respected. And their focus is uh, using multi-sig to bring self-custody to not only individuals, but businesses in a very approachable way. And then also offering financial services on top of that. So think like personal banker with your Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, we touched on what is multi-sig, uh, single sig versus multi-sig. We talked a little bit about Bitcoin backed loans, um, talked a little bit about my history for those here. I came from a homesteading self-sovereign sort of background. And so Bitcoin made sense to me on a philosophical level, on a technical level, it took me a little bit. So my focus has always sort of been on education, um, almost in the way of what I, what I would have liked when I showed up, right. The ways that maybe could have helped me save time in explanation of the technical stuff to make me feel more confident in holding those keys. Um, so my focus is on education and then also just kind of helping strategically with with Unchained and, and the company itself. Yeah, that's great. And so I guess, let me ask you one of these questions, which, you know, I asked you the question, you know, which you just answered was like, what do you do? Which is always the tough one. But Explaining Bitcoin to uh, our pre-coiner friends or our noob friends that really don't know about Bitcoin but are curious and really want to know but in the most simple way, how do you uh, explain uh, Bitcoin to that group? That actually made me laugh when you asked that because how do you explain, you know, one of the the most revolutionary technologies that has ever existed and really isn't even a new technology, right? It's more of a combination of existing ones in a way that doesn't scare the person away. So I kind of joke that I'm not even at this point in my life, I don't go around actively orange pilling people. (laughs) I say that's Parker's job. And then when you're ready, I'll help educate you. But just in my general life, obviously, people are going to ask about Bitcoin. And so how I would describe it to someone is it's a form of money that is secured through the individual and not one single person or entity can change or control it. It's it's money that you can truly own. And it is um, censorship resistant, meaning that there's no middleman. Nobody can cut you off from your wealth if you use the tools associated with it. So usually in that description, it's sort of like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But but you know, what is it solving? Mm-hmm. And then you could jump into, you know, maybe the hard cap, um, the inability to print more, um, the scarcity asset, right? aspect to it. And then also just, yeah, the, there's no, there's no bank that can say, Hey, Rod, I saw that you purchased from A, B or C, and we didn't really like that purchase. So we're going to go ahead and just cut you off from your, your assets until you prove that you weren't doing anything illegal, (laughs) right. Or whatever it may be. So I, I don't have a short answer for it, but that's generally kind of the direction that I go in is sort of an asset that nobody can control and you can truly own. Yeah. And I, I will say from the podcast, one quote, or you had many great quotes, but one quote that really stuck out to me, which was education is empowerment. And um, that was a loaded question to say, hey, what's the one to two sentence explanation of Bitcoin? Because I do think it's a journey um, and uh, it takes time to just to learn about all the properties that make Bitcoin, the capital B, the monetary networks, such an innovative uh, technology. And then Bitcoin, the lowercase b, uh, the reserve asset, um, such a uh, valuable asset. And in that 
the lowercase b Bitcoin, if I could summarize or take a stab at summarizing in one sentence, it preserves my future purchasing power better than any other investable asset. And thus, I spend my time, capital, and reputation uh, in both the capital B Bitcoin and the lowercase b Bitcoin. Um, but no, that, that's great because a lot of these folks are, you know, coming to you or even in that conversation wanting to learn about Bitcoin. Uh, they oftentimes have the emotional feelings of, you know, fear, uncertainty, doubt, intimidation, and having resources like you and Unchained um, helps them, or I, I believe, because it's helped me and a number of my friends and family um, go down their own respective journeys. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, one of the things that I thought when I came across Unchained, and this was before I worked with them, of course, it was, wow, I wish I would have known about this when I got started, right? To actually have someone who can walk you through those steps in a very personal way. Because, I mean, I was reaching out to people on Twitter and was just like, hey, I'm trying to do this and I don't understand. It's like giving me this error and what do I do? Mm -hmm. um, and people graciously, like I had people jump on a, a Zoom call with me and walk me through something, you know? Uh, but that's not available to everyone. And maybe people aren't open to that, right? And maybe there's some fear of jumping on Twitter and being like, somebody help me. So to actually have a service where you can have a trusted third party where you can, yeah, get that one-on-one -on -one support is is huge. And I remember coming across it and just being like, wow, this is this is really solving a problem. Yeah. And I, you mentioned the uh, community. And I, I, I do think the Bitcoin community and Bitcoin culture is one of the most fascinating and inviting um, communities out there that, or at least I've ever been a part of. And culturally, people just want to help others. Um, and that was one area we touched on near the end of the pod, which was the company culture. And you alluded to uh, six days working, and uh, six days a week you guys are working and your recruitment process at a high level. Um, I just, I wanted just to learn more about Unchained's company culture and do you guys really work six days a week, first off? <laughs> That's a great question. Thank you for letting me clarify that. Um, so what we have are we have customer support available six days a week live. Mm -hmm. And we've just done that to where um, the schedules fluctuate. So an individual would be working a Saturday, you know, and maybe be off Monday or whatever it would be. So we don't require anybody to work six days a week. I think it's one of those things that people assume when you work in Bitcoin, it's very fun and easy. I'll say that I'm working daily. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, there's a day that I only check, you know, my email once or twice and I don't have a project due. But um, for many of us, it's a 24-7 job. But as far as the company itself, we have individuals available for clients six days a week um, on our client services. So like if you call in or reach out to our, our help desk, uh, we do have people working it live six days a week. So, but it doesn't mean we make them work six days a week. It's just a fluctuation okay. of schedule. And, and so I don't know if this is in your uh, wheelhouse, um, but recruiting wise, it just seems you guys are recruiting some of the best Bitcoiners in the space. Is there a method to that madness? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get at for anyone who's listening or is looking to get into working at a Bitcoin focused company or quote unquote, a Bitcoin native company, how they would go about um, getting a job? Yeah. So I can share how I got my job oh, and yeah. then share how I've helped other people in the space get their job and then can kind of like segue into Unchained itself. But I, 
I do think, yes, Unchain has this amazing core sort of um, culture that I think is phenomenal. It truly is a Bitcoin company built by Bitcoiners. And we all are on the same mission, right? Like that's, we're all on the same starting point. We all are working towards the same direction. And I think that's vital to sort of have the company culture that we do. And and I think that that is not on accident. Um, I have been involved in the hiring process and um, am aware of how it works, but I can't really take credit for that. Um, I think that Joe and Drew and Parker have just from the beginning said, you know, we want to ensure that we bring people on who are working towards the same things. And so in every single hire, that's that's involved. Um, but for those maybe looking to get involved in the space, I actually put out a tweet. I said, uh, you know, I'm looking for a career change. Here's some of my experience without giving, you know, tons of detail, but just overview of my experience. And here's what I'm looking for. And for me, it was actually very important um, that the principles of the individuals I worked with aligned with my own. I mm-hmm. didn't want to work in the space and sort of have to do things I didn't believe in. So it was like I wanted a Bitcoin-only company that was focusing on self-custody and was focusing on solving a problem that didn't have just hype. Um, you know, empty hype is something I just really don't don't vibe with. Um, I wanted somebody who was building something. And so I put out a tweet thread and um, actually got a ton of support from the Bitcoin community who are amazing and ended up just having somebody from Unchained, in this case, it was Joe, reach out and say, let's talk. You know, I don't know if we have a role for you, but like, let's chat. And after a few weeks of talking to almost, you know, every member of the team, it was like, all right, right, wow. this may be a good fit. Um, and I've had people in the space do the same thing, kind of reach out to me and say, hey, I'm looking for something. What do I do? And my first thing is like, put yourself out there. <laughs> you know, yep. nobody knows you're looking unless you tell them. So you got to go out and you got to put yourself out there. You have to apply for these jobs. Um, there's a lot of places you can't apply. You can go directly to the company sites. There's also Bitcoiner Jobs, which mm-hmm. um, they have a website and a Twitter account, which I think is great. They're kind of cultivating a really nice platform that you can see all of the jobs that are available. But you have to put yourself out there. Uh, and then when it comes to Unchained, it's really just making sure that, yeah, those values and, and the goals are aligned. Um, I remember one of the questions Parker asked me, which I, I think I was most nervous about meeting Parker, which is funny now. Um, but he asked me where I saw Bitcoin. I think he said in like seven years, like what, <laughs> what por- portion of the population was going to be adopting it? And I was like, I'm not really a numbers person. I'm not going to take a gamble on what portion of the population is, is going to be using Bitcoin. But I think eventually everyone's going to be using Bitcoin, whether they know it or not. And he was just like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's just kind of understanding where the individual's mindset is and just making sure that those values and sort of directional line, I think. Yeah, that that is so dang awesome. So quick summary, which is putting yourself out there, getting to meet and network with other uh, quality. And I would also say tinkering with um, the Bitcoin products and services that you really enjoy using and giving them potentially product feedback and then building a relationship directly with that company because you never know. Um, there may be a job that's not listed and you just develop the relationship or maybe even create one um, uh, networking with the, that company. And one additional thing I would say is also going to your local meetup and networking amongst uh, meetup organizers and such because you're expanding your network by networking with other local Bitcoiners and you never know another job opportunity may be able to pop up there as well. Yeah, I think those are great points. Um, I think a lot of times the space is so small still and we're all still early. 
that like, I think sometimes it's just, you meet someone and, and Hey, you know, maybe you don't have the direct experience of whatever this role is, but all of your combined experiences actually kind of work for what we want. So why don't you, why don't we talk? Right. Um, so I think it's, it's quite an opportunity for individuals to get involved. And I think maybe sometimes people shy away from it because mm-hmm. maybe they don't have the perfect resume to match that role. It's like, no, throw yourself out there. Let, you know, see, you never know, go to meetups, talk to people, see what's going on. But I think you had a really important thing is like, go jump in and see what's going on and teach yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if I would have just showed up in the space and then started applying for jobs, I may have not you know, gotten those roles. Um, but I had at least a, an understanding of sort of a few components and sort of had developed a way to add value by being able to explain them in what I thought was a very easy to understand way. And I think that just because I had sort of done that, that initial work beforehand, it it definitely gave me a a leg up in the game, if you will. Totally. And doing that work, you know, we touched on in the pod, Bitcoin resources, and I think you nailed three. And if I remember them correctly, the first one was uh, going to bitcoin-only.com and just going down that rabbit hole and exploring those, that site. Uh, the second one was because we use buzzwords, not buzzwords, but like acronyms and word, uh, Bitcoin specific words all the time. And River does an amazing job with their glossary. So the river.com forward slash learn and diving into their glossary. And then third being uh, Parker's gradually and suddenly uh, blog series and really Unchained Capital's um, all the content you guys have produced. So those being three uh, resources. Um, were there any other resources that you think we should have recommended during our chat? Well, I think you had mentioned a really good one that I would actually complete, completely agree with. So I'm going to let you mention yours. Yeah. The one I, I was like, you know, again, I was like, God dang it. I should have mentioned it. But uh, lop.net is one that uh, I go to all the time. And Jameson, who's the uh, uh, co-founder, I believe, of CASA, um, uh, updates that, uh, quite a bit. Um, so I'm always, uh, interested in that one, um, and recommending links, uh, there as well. He's also like just testing all these different things that I didn't ever even thought of, like from st- seed phrase, temp, uh, uh, metal plates. I'm like, oh man, I didn't even think about my house burning down and then the quality of the seed plate and if it would survive. Yeah, no, he's, he's got the amazing reviews. Um, and yeah, that was probably one of the resources that, yes, I had a dang it moment too, that we forgot that. Cause that was probably one of the first ones that I went to. Um, I think that there's a lot there. And so for some people, what I found is sending a complete noob there, <laughs> maybe yep, not a great totally. idea. Um, but it's like an encyclopedia of knowledge that is a huge, really great resource for, for anyone, for sure. For sure. That's great. So uh, any others that you think we, we, we need to touch on? Because I, I will say one area that I thought you did an amazing job in the podcast explaining, which uh, I actually went back and worked out my own home security setup and such, was your explanation of how, yes, Unchained is a trusted third party, but you're, uh, you're not giving up control. And then when I asked you, okay, well, there's all these different providers that potentially provide, you know, three of five, or they recommend potentially three of five, four of seven, heck, 11 of 15 or whatever. And you explained why Unchained recommends two of three. Uh, I'd like to just go back to that explanation. Maybe you can explain why Unchained 
um, does a two of three uh, multi-sig model. Yeah, I mean, I think the short version of this is that complexity is not always the answer. Um, it can also, it can cause more problems than it solves, right? So complexity can be your enemy sometimes. And so when it comes to multi-sig, multi-sig is essentially creating a Bitcoin address with multiple keys. And then you assign a quorum of how many keys that you need to sign the transaction to prove ownership and therefore move funds. So on a two of three, you're holding two keys. Unchained has one. Um, those two keys look like four pieces of information, your two signing devices, and then your physical backup for each of those. Physical here being important because you don't want to depend on those devices. De devices malfunction. You should always have a backup mm -hmm. for them. Um, so that's four pieces of information the individual needs to store. Ideally, that would be in four different locations. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot for an individual. Um, so when you start adding additional keys that then you have additional pieces of information to store, kind of gets out of control a little bit. And what we've found is most individuals would then just have multiple keys in the same place. So really, what are you adding? Are you really adding any additional security there? Or are you just adding complexity that's actually making you a little bit lazy with your security, right? Because you, maybe you're intimidated. Um, maybe lazy isn't the best word there, but um, maybe you're intimidated to go find 10 places. So for us, we feel like two of three is a really good compromise. It, it offers the highest level of security. It's actually what many um, corporations use without adding additional complexity that for the average individual is just not accessible in our opinion. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned corporations. This just popped into my head. How do corporations actually trust? So I've heard about this whole, uh, it's in the news, like quiet quitting right now. And then I've heard about, I don't know if you saw in the, the Twitter whistleblower complaint from the head of security, there was uh, Twitter executives granted permission. And again, fact check me, make sure I'm being accurate here. Uh, permitted the uh, India government to allow or the India government requested to have a agent work at the company and Twitter said, okay, no problem. Now, I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but how does when you're consulting with a company, let's say, and they say, well, who should or do you have any recommendations on who should be holding the keys at the company? Great question. Um, it's a subjective one. Uh, generally, how our platform works is that you can select principles is what we call them. And maybe those are individuals that aren't, you know, running the day to day. Um, maybe they're part of the board. You know, maybe it's a board decision of who holds those keys, right, and how they're stored. Um, and maybe it involves somebody, you know, you have four pieces of information. So maybe there's people, maybe there's four people that are holding one each, right? Um, because technically, the keys themselves look like multiple things. Um, so the recommendation is hard to do, though. Obviously, this individual needs to be someone who can take responsibility, right? Um, but a lot of times it involves actually a conversation with everybody involved as far as who's going to be involved in, in making those decisions with the company and actually building out a plan. Because let's say one individual, maybe a principal comes to Unchained and says, hey, I want to spend some funds. I don't want to go get the other key. Go ahead and sign for us. In a in a company standpoint, we don't do that. There, there's actually a like a a step by step guide uh, protocol that was decided by the company that says essentially like is this principal allowed to do that? Mm -hmm. um, if so, what's the protocol in order for that to do that? 
maybe the principal's not allowed to do that, you know, or who do we need to reach out to, to then be the backup signature there. So when it comes to a company, it's very much in their own hands as far as how they would like it to be. Many corporations don't actually want um, a quorum of keys in their company's control. So they would actually opt into the multi-institutional, which would be Unchain holds a key, the company holds a key, and then a third-party key holder or escrow service holds the third key. Mm. So therefore, even the company itself has to have multiple parties involved in order to have a transaction signed. So there's a lot of choices there. I can't I can't say there's one set of like, this is how it should be. I mean, obviously the secretary should probably not have the keys to sign. You know, like that's just, they can have admin rights. They can help, you know, achieve the goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should be a major stakeholder in the company for sure. Yeah, uh, that was one, another thing I learned. Uh, even though I'm a happy Unchained customer, it's like when you're using a platform, you probably only use 10 to 15% of the features uh, of any given platform. And uh, for me as a small business owner, there's just not to divulge too much information. There's not a need for um, all of the different permissionings or profiles. And uh, you mentioned a number of those, and I believe you alluded to a number of the different profiles um, on the podcast as well. Yeah. And so uh, in the interface itself, so with Unchained, you have, uh, we'll call it a, a wallet software interface that lets you interact with your Unchained account and all of those accounts associated with that. So you can actually migrate through all of the different products that you're using, whether that be maybe you have a personal vault and then you also have a Bitcoin IRA and maybe you have a, a, a trust set up for your inheritance. And hey, maybe you're involved in also a business that is holding Bitcoin on your balance sheet. You can actually toggle through all of those things in one really easy to find location. And it's like, you know, nice and beautiful and makes it very easy for you. Even though on the Bitcoin side, none of those things even know about each other, right? They're not related. They're completely separate. Um, so the interface does allow you to sort of do things a little easier than having to, you know, kind of like pull up Sparrow and interact with your address completely separate because it all is in one location. And then within the trust and business accounts, you have the ability to assign at different roles. You can have principals, you can have admin, you can have signers, um, you know, you can have trustees, you can have all of these things and there's different permissions involved with that. And for some companies that solves a problem. For other companies, maybe they just want a personal vault and it's just them and they have the keys and that's totally fine. Um, but a business vault gives you a lot more options themselves. Yeah. And by the way, in terms of what we missed uh, on the last pod and which was just like a aha, you just reminded me. So you went through, we were talking about Bitcoin native financial services, uh, that unchained capital uh, services. Uh, we talked about the custody product. We talked about your OTC product. We talked about Bitcoin backed loans. And by the way, I, I should have, uh, we should have debated a little bit more when you said it was a, uh, a benefit for miners to go uh, over leveraged at, you know, the 60K plus then get wrecked. But we'll save that for <laughs> another day. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, one product, which is a product that I think is not only one of your fastest growing products at Unchained, but in general, I think is a, uh, uh, a very fast uh, or a growing product is the IRA product. Um, maybe you want to spend a little bit of time explaining that. Yeah. I mean, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin IRA is, uh, I, it blows my mind, right? So you've got, you've got this, uh, this melting ice as sailor would call it, right. Sitting in your retirement fund. 
Um, and every time they print, your retirement is worth less. Uh, you have no control over it. You can't, you know, you maybe you can you can go from one stock to another, but you're sort of you're sort of locked in, right? You you yeah, it, it it's not an asset you truly own, in my opinion. So what a Bitcoin IRA is, is it allows you to take your 401k, um, your Roth, whatever it may be, and you can actually convert it to Bitcoin. And the coolest part is it actually sits in an address you hold the keys to. This is a self-custody IRA, um, which means that at the end of the day, you decide how that Bitcoin is spent. Now, of course, there are some regulation involved in order to not, um, you know, get yourself in a situation where you would find you have penalties and there is some reporting involved. But what this does is allows you to purchase Bitcoin, hold it in an IRA in a way that you hold control and you hold the keys to it. Um, Our Bitcoin IRA actually makes it super easy because you come in, you pay one fee and you actually are, we create all of the legal entity. We take care of all of the backend stuff. Um, and then actually walk you through the process of setting up those signing devices and then um, actually can start the process of helping you do your transfer. We purchase the Bitcoin and then we deposit it into your unchained vault, which is held in multi-sig. So extremely revolutionary. I think it's actually brought a lot of people the Bitcoin that maybe maybe bought a little bit here or there. Um, but yeah, I mean, when when the when the government started printing pretty heavy the last few years, I think mm-hmm. a lot of individuals who had worked really hard and were were kind of nearing retirement age was like, hold on, you know, we got to make a change or we're going to find ourselves with nothing. Um, so yeah, it's been a huge, it's been a huge product for us. And it's been really inspiring to see so many people sort of take control of their wealth in that way. Um, so it's, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love it. Do people who set up the product um, have to buy through Unchained or can they, uh, how does that work actually? That's a great question. So because of the regulation itself, there is a very specific way that Bitcoin has to be entered into that address and it has to go through the custody bank. Um, so that's through Solara Bank in, in Wyoming. So it actually does have to go through the correct channel. Otherwise you will run into issues with the, the IRS themselves, right? Um, obviously, we don't care, but if you just go to deposit Bitcoin that you purchased on Coinbase and deposit it into the vault, it runs into the issue because maybe that Bitcoin was not purchased in the entity's name. It mm-hmm. has to be in your entity's name as far as that your retirement is sitting in. Um, so there is a protocol of how it has to be done, but we do make that pretty easy. We just sort of handle all of that for you. You can come in, request, and then that change is made. Um but yeah, there is a protocol that has to be involved. So it is very different than, say, you holding Bitcoin in a personal vault and just having you know full control of whatever you want to do there. In order to adhere to the regulations, there is a protocol. Now, physically, on a technical level, you have full control. But it's more of, hey, here's the guideline. If you want to not run into an issue with the government, this is, this is what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. And there's like, if I, my understanding is correct, there's some attestation um, reporting. And I'm curious because if Unchained is the buyer or the broker of the Bitcoin and they put it into the Unchained IRA vault in the LLC's name, the benefit there is that you can attest to the price, to the Bitcoin, should it come under any scrutiny. Um, that's my cursory understanding at least. Um, but okay. So that's fair. Yeah. All the reporting is taken care of for you in the past when you had maybe something like a checkbook IRA, 
um, in the space that was a Bitcoin IRA, you actually were, were responsible for all reporting. Um, and so with our new setup, which is actually unique, you that's all taken care of for you. So you don't have to go create an entity. You don't have to file all the things and create your own LLC. You don't have to worry about the filing. That's all taken care of for you. Yep. No, I love it. Um, do, here's another question that I'm not trying to uh, stump the presenter here, but if if an ETF is ever launched, does that hinder the growth of a IRA product? You know, it's hard because it depends on what the individual wants, right? Um, I think there's there is some value in having real Bitcoin. Yes. You know, um, so I don't know. I, it was one of those things where I would, if I, if I commented, it would just be sort of my own opinion with no sure. real, real truth behind it. I don't know. Um, but I will say that I think there is a market and will always be for real Bitcoin. I think that's actually uh, spot on my own personal belief. This is the same. There's going to be some people, it's kind of like, uh, do you, you know, uh, they shouldn't be doing this in my humble opinion, but there are some people that hold their Bitcoin with a third party exchange, right? Okay, they buy it and hold it and, you know, are taking that counterparty risk and saying, hey, um, uh, maybe they're not believing in themselves to be responsible enough to hold their own keys. And now in this situation versus ETF versus an IRA product, it's like, hey, I'm just going to take this IOU-ish. I mean, it should be backed one-to-one, but you can't, I, to my understanding, you can't take custody of the, the underlying asset, in this case, Bitcoin with that product. So uh, it's all about your own threat models and your own investment thesis to then make your own decision there. Which actually brings me up to another point, which at a high level, I thought you did a great job on the pod. Um, and I didn't realize this, but you helped helped many people uh, not only get set up with their uh, 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 collaborative custody uh, solution, but you also handheld them to move their Bitcoin from Coinbase or another third-party exchange into their uh, into their unchained vault. Um, I think you called this uh, the every time you did it, an angel got its wings. So it's like the <laughs> yes. unchained wings or something like that. The um, unchained wings. Yeah. So, like, you know, for those people that, uh, and I think we're uh, mission aligned here. But I will say, just to be devil's advocate, you know, for those people that say, well, Coinbase has never been hacked or, you know, Kraken's never been hacked. My Bitcoin's been there since, you know, 2014, 2015. Why do I need to take ownership of my own keys when this third party has been doing just a fine enough job thus far? How would you answer that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And for a lot of people, like maybe that's what they need. Um, But they do need to understand that they don't really own Bitcoin though. They own an IOU and somebody else is holding that Bitcoin. And as long as that works for them, fine. I mean, my concerns are not just hacks though. My concerns are somebody hacks into my account, my login. Maybe Coinbase security is great, but maybe Mm -hmm. my own personal password security is not. Um, It doesn't take much. It's a single point of failure. Somebody gets into your Coinbase account. Coinbase doesn't care who's logged in. They're not going to give you back your money. Um, Somebody goes in, moves your funds, it's gone. That's single point of failure. Uh, If, if, I mean, we saw this in Canada, uh, you know, people were protesting in ways that the government didn't like and they froze their assets. These companies have to adhere to that. They have to. They have no choice. Um, I mean, we saw it sort of in the tornado cash where 
where people's addresses were all of a sudden blocked. If you think Coinbase isn't going to adhere to what the U.S. government tells them mm-hmm. to do, I, I think you're crazy. Um, so for me, it's more of, you know, I've been in the position where a long time ago, you know, paid my taxes and there was an error and they thought I didn't. So all of a sudden, all my bank accounts were frozen. I got notif- notification, just my card didn't work. And when I went into the Whoa. bank, they were like, oh, well, yeah, we got a we got a such and such from the IRS. They frozen everything. <laughs> and I'm like calling my accountant, like, what the heck is going on? We pay, we, we pay it. What's going on? Yeah. And had no access to funds for days due to an error. <laughs> it was just an error. Um, so like these things happen all the time and it doesn't have to be extreme of like a, a you know, crack and goes down and is fully hacked. It can mm-hmm. be something very simple. It's a single point of failure. And for me, I'm not going to hold my, my, my whole wealth, you know, my everything I own in a way that I can easily be cut off from it. If I'm going to do that, why wouldn't I just stick with the dollar? It's very convenient and accepted everywhere, right? Like there's, there's a beauty to Bitcoin that I think that if you're just holding it on an exchange, you're not getting the benefit of, um, you're not taking advantage of that. And so that, that's my personal opinion for some people, Hey, you know, they feel pretty safe with it. And if something happens, it happens. But I, I personally think that the risk is too high. Yeah. Trusted third parties are security holes. You know, Nick Sabo said it so eloquently. Uh, and not to fear monger anymore, but I think it was actually just this morning, LastPass, uh, one of the top password managers uh, notified uh, their customers that their uh, source code was stolen um, or hacked. Um, I need to dig into this story a bit more. But imagine your even password manager uh, is, uh, compromised, right? What can you trust? Well, and that's the thing is you should try to (laughs) try to eliminate as much trusting as you have to do. Right. Which is, I think why I love multi-sig is and collaborative multi-sig with that, not to show or anything, but I love that. I don't have to trust unchained, right? I don't have to trust unchained. I don't even have to trust my heirs. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't have to trust anyone really. And I think that's, that's the beauty of a trustless system. Now, sometimes you're going to have a trade-off there, um, and there's no perfect answer. Each person's um, setup that's going to make them most comfortable is going to be different. And yeah, I mean, I I think we live in a world where where everything's up for grabs. I think the LastPass thing was in their dev environment. Um, I'd seen that, but I haven't dug into it more. But yeah, it's like some people are using the same password across all accounts that are written on a post-it on their computer, right? Like, how in the world would you would you only have that as a barrier between you and your your Bitcoin wealth? Now in a bank, okay, maybe there's you know maybe it's insured, so it's a little different. Um, your exchange is not is not going to take care of you if somebody yeah. comes in and uses your password one two three four and moves your your funds elsewhere. They're just not. Couldn't agree more. Um, well, since this is our first clubhouse, by the way, and thank you for being the guinea pig. You'd, you crush it like you always do. So thank you again. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to ask any questions. They just raise their hand or, or anything like that. I'm happy to uh, bring up any questions. Uh, you know, in similar to Parker's uh, comment or question during the interview process, and he said, like, you know, where is Bitcoin going to be in seven years? Uh, I am curious from a now, you don't have to answer from an unchained perspective, but I'm curious to like, what's, mi- and not to put you on the spot as well, but what are the missing products or services or what are the products and services that you're so- most excited about in the 
not the near-ish future, or I mean, it could be the near future. Heck, I, I don't know. But uh, in some sort of future, um, that gets you excited. And this is Bitcoin specific, right? Yes. Well, unless there's something around space, health. I don't know. I mean, I was just thinking, wow, that could be a very loaded question. Um, I mean, for me, it's I'm really interested in the underlying technology. And I personally believe that it's not done yet. And when I say that, I, I, I mention that because there's been a lot of conversation around, um, you know, like the concern of the too much control within Bitcoin Core or whatever it may be. And why don't we just lock up the code? Let's just be done with it. And I don't think it's done. I think if we're going to reach where I believe Bitcoin will go, we need more scaling um, improvements and layer two and also privacy. So anytime there's any sort of upgrades uh, focused around that, it excites me. I personally, I want as many people to hold Bitcoin you know, in a self-custody solution as humanly possible because I feel like it truly does give power back to the people. And in order to do that, scaling is important. And I also believe that privacy is a human right. So, hey, privacy is important. And right now, privacy on Bitcoin is totally doable, but it's difficult. Maybe it's not approachable for the everyday man. Um, so those sort of aspects, I don't have like a specific BIP or anything that somebody's specifically working on, but generally that's sort of where my ears perk up is when somebody's working on either, either of those things. That is so dang well said. And I think that's a really good spot to kind of uh, end on on this uh, session. Is there uh, anything you want to, any final thoughts you want to leave uh, our folks with? Yeah, I mean, um, always reach out, unchained.com, kind of see what we got going on. We have monthly webinars to kind of continue your education. And we also have some news coming out, I believe, tomorrow with our trading desk. Oh. Um, so by the time this maybe is heard, maybe that'll be out. So we're always trying to add additional services that help improve individuals' experience and give them access in a way that again, gives them full control. Uh, that's what we're about. So yeah, just stay tuned to unchained.com for further updates, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not affiliated with Unchained. I'm just a customer. And I will say it is one of the companies that has this white glove service and it's so welcoming that it's easy for me to uh, recommend to my uh, friends and family because I know they're going to have a Bitcoin focused experience. So um, yeah, check them out uh, when you get some time. Uh, Justine, thank you so much. Uh, happy Friday. Have a wonderful weekend at Zootopia or uh, wherever you're going uh, and uh, pet some llamas for me. I will. You, you enjoy your weekend as well. Take care.